Welcome to the We Go Places podcast, where we catch up with We Go grads who share with us the story of the journey to their unique careers. I'm your host, Brian Turnbaugh, English teacher at We Go since 2001, and you just heard intro music from Andy Georgieff, class of 2022. Today, I catch up with class of 2012's Alex Morano, Senior Search Engine Optimization Strategist at XDS. Do you ever wonder how you stumble across exactly what you're looking for when searching online? Well, Alex will pull back the curtain and explain to us how his team worked together to redirect potential customers to his client's website. Be sure to check out Alex's blog for more information at alexstandard.com or find the link on the episode page as well. Joining us from the class of 2012 is Alex Morano. Alex, what do you do? Hi, Mr. T. Thanks for having me. Um, I am an SEO specialist, so working on getting organic traffic for websites, specifically healthcare websites at the moment. But yeah, I'm working at a digital agency called Experience Design Studios, otherwise known as XDS. Alex, where did you, did you always know that you wanted to go into this type of uh, marketing? What was your first move uh, once you left WeGo? Um, no, I definitely did not see myself going into website design and kind of digital marketing, leaving WeGo. I went to college, uh, didn't really know what to do like a lot of people do when they get to college, took a couple basic courses, ended up with a marketing degree, and I was still kind of unsure of where to go, but I had some connections in the SEO realm where I was able to get an entry-level job in SEO and kind of learn the roots. And it really wasn't until about a year or two into the SEO where I really started to get my passion. You know, I've always had a passion for math, finding out problems, liking trying to figure out certain ways to solve a problem, even though there might be more than one way. And working with the Google algorithm definitely gave me the chance to kind of really tone into those passions of trying to find answers, which way works best, which doesn't. So I would say you know, I kind of got here by chance, but learned a good passion for it as I kind of learned more about it. So let's let's talk about like uh, your your college experience because I, I mean I have a bunch of questions about like how you merge math and design and marketing and and using Google's uh, tools and all that. Um, where did you where did you go to school? Uh, so I started at Illinois State University, but then I transferred to Columbia of Chicago about my third year, which I graduated from Chicago. Um, so yeah, Columbia is where I got my degree from. Now, did you, first of all, like what was the difference between like moving from ISU to then uh, Columbia? So you went from like, uh, you know, normal uh, in to then uh, Chicago. Uh, how did you see the difference between your experience on both type, types of campuses? Yeah, you know, I did have a good time at ISU, um, but I really was didn't know what I wanted to do. And at the time, I wanted to kind of go into more of the arts marketing. I wanted to kind of do more stuff for music marketing. And I saw the switch to Columbia as they're a very good art school. Um, you know, I felt like I was able, me personally, I felt like I was able to kind of focus more when I was downtown in the city rather than at ISU where I kind of had everything all in one place where 
as opposed to I'm in Chicago where everything's so spread out, right? I wasn't necessarily close to my, I wasn't living on campus. I really had to focus on, you know, make commuting to the school, really putting more of a focus. So I think having everything laid out for me particularly wasn't, didn't play to my strengths. Um, but yeah, I really enjoyed being in Chicago and the city, something that really, you know, I've always loved going to the, to the city ever since I was a kid. So really going to college in the city sounded like a dream. Yeah, so that, it really, it like, really does. It's such a yeah. fun time. Now, did you, when you were going through the program, did they have, um, did you have to seek out any internships to kind of like, what was that process like if you had it? Yeah. So I actually had an, a really cool internship that didn't really translate to what I'm doing now in a sense of kind of like the overall theme of it. But I think it really did. Um, when you kind of look at the nitty gritty of it, I had an internship, um, with a startup, um, music management company and they their big thing their big project for my internship was they were throwing a music festival which is really cool to kind of help through so i did a lot of the marketing whether it was facebook advertising um instagram advertising actually like going out on the street handing out posters um so kind of like similar to what i do but in the real world versus more digital now but yeah it was actually a really cool internship um, ended up throwing, uh, a, like a two day EDM music festival, which isn't necessarily the music that I'm into, but it was really cool to see the behind the scenes production, kind of everything that goes into it, you know, getting a venue, securing artists, uh, transporting artists from hotels to the vet, to the venue, making sure everything's safe, make sure we have security, really seeing a lot of the behind the picture stuff, kind of what goes into just a one or two day event. That sounds incredible. I mean, you had to do all of that. Well, I would say I had a hand in everything. I don't think I was doing everything per se, but I was definitely, you know, organizing, helping go along. You know, I was kind of more of more of the henchmen where they were kind of giving me the orders of what to do. <laughs> How did you like this? It's interesting because you had such a distinct digital presence in the marketing of this uh, using social media but then you had like the old school where you were just kind of handing out you know flyers uh, in a very kind of tangible way I, I was wondering if if like it, it, is there anything that like in the old school way does that still in any way inform what you do in the virtual sense at, at all well I think it just kind of conveys to the point where you can't rely on one source of marketing you really have to do everything because there's people in different areas and you really want to always try and find where your audience is and find them, whether that's on Instagram, whether that's on Google search, whether that's on a billboard by the street or coming out of a similar music event. It's really about finding where they are and meeting them there. So what was your first job then uh, upon graduation? So my first job was an internet marketing analyst at an SEO company where essentially I was creating uh, digital leads um, from phone calls, leading phone conversions, kind of going through um, emails that companies get, whether are they at what target audience are they in. So kind of going through, you know, I get a bunch of 
leads. People are submitting forms on emails, leaving voicemails. I'm kind of going through like, what does this person want? Are they interested in a service? Are they maybe interested in an upgrade service? Are they just looking for help? Are they, is it a spam um, thing? So kind of sorting out the audience that's trying to contact our companies. And this was at a company where it was really a diverse range of clients. So I, I had clients, whether it was um, lawyers, I had clients in gym equipment, I had clients in makeup equipment, literally all over the place. So it really got me a good exposure of different type of industries early on. That um, sounds like this was really uh, challenging that you would have to find patterns with such unique, such a diverse range of career and lifestyle interests uh, in such a way. How did you get an intuition to be able to pick up on those patterns? I was really just kind of habit over time. You kind of look for the the similarities once you kind of get to know the client or the industry. It really was more about just learning the industry, kind of seeing what the client wants and needs, and then kind of looking for like um, if they're email things, kind of looking for similar keywords or like if it's interested in buying, if it's interested in communication or further details on a product or a service, kind of looking for those similar keywords, which kind of helped shaped what I look for kind of now is kind of like, yeah, what are people searching for when they're looking for this kind of looking for different intent in their words? I, I it, it dawned on me that I don't think that we, I think we raced over what SEO actually means. Could you maybe define that for us? Yeah. So SEO stands for search engine optimizations. So it's essentially um, what people that are designing websites do to make sure that they rank on Google's for certain keywords. So for instance, I have a lot of healthcare companies that I work for. You know, they want to rank number one, number two, when you search heart failure treatment. So it's really designing the website um, and it's more than designing the copy on it. Obviously, you want to put your keywords on the actual page, but there's certain elements where you want to put it and how many times you want to put it. Um, and it's also about making sure that the website is healthy, it's clean. You know, there's not a lot of broken links. People are able to click around and really use it easily. So essentially, the better of a website for a user standpoint, the easier it is to kind of rank for these keywords. And then it's just about finding the keywords that we want to rank for, you know, finding keywords that we're going to be able to rank for. Um, for instance, like heart failure treatment, I they always come to me, hey, I want to rank for heart failure treatment. I'm like, well, there's WebMD, there's all these healthcare um, sp specific websites that really have a big authority. So it's kind of trying to find the keyword that we are able to and the competitiveness of that landscape. Um, so it's a lot of mix and match of finding strategy of what we want to rank for, what we can rank for, and then optimizing the web page. Um, that's kind of one small asset of it. Another big asset is kind of what we call off-page SEO. And that's kind of more of the stuff I was doing, talking about earlier with the other, other jobs where we're trying to get people to our website to kind of have search engines realize, that, oh, this is a website that we should be caring about because a lot of people are going to it. So whether that's, you know, reaching out to other blogs to kind of link back to our website or whether that's creating podcasts or YouTube videos where there's links back to our website, um, 
really helps search engines see a website as authoritative or trustworthy. Um, so it's a lot of kind of getting, finding links to our websites through other kind of promotional tools. So, so it, there's, there's so many facets to this because one is that you want to be able to find a way to redirect the flow of information to get to your web page. But then once they get to your web page, you have a different maybe function of your web page, especially if you're dealing with, let's say, healthcare. You, you're more interested in facilitating the getting the information as cleanly and as quickly as possible to the prospective customer versus if this was another types of, of web page where they just want you to be hanging around on the web page so they can actually deliver you advertising uh, in, in such a way. Like, have you worked for other sites where maybe the stickiness of the web page is, is the intent versus maybe more information based? Uh, what uh, does that make sense? Kind of what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, there are, um, for example, a lot of blog websites, they want people to stay on the page because the longer they stay on a page, the more advertising they could get. And the more traffic that they get to the page, the more advertising they can get. So a lot of times people will be like, all right, so we have this great website, but no one's coming to it. We're not getting, we're not going to get advertisers if no one's coming to the websites. What can we do to get more people here? And that's kind of where that off page SEO comes in where, you know, we really direct people to the website um, and kind of get the website an ability to rank higher for certain keywords. So it's whether they come in through organic traffic from searching on Google for stuff or they find us in other blogs or social media. Um, yeah, it's really a combination. I would say the three, there's three main components of SEO that's on page, which is kind of, you know, putting the keywords on the website, make sure there's good user experience, technical SEO, making sure everything on the back end of the website, all the code is right. Um, there's no broken links, there's no duplicate content on the website. And then that off page SEO where it's you know, really driving links and traffic to the website. Of the three that you just mentioned, which is the one that you like like hiding out in and playing the most in, like that you feel like that you have the most kind of intuition and creativity and, and, and all that? So at this point, I would say off or on page and technical SEO is really kind of... Mm, my bread and butter and it's kind of like I know the answers to everything on there it's kind of simple plug it in I know all the best practices now so I'm able to do that well but creativity that's where off-page SEO kind of comes in play so something that I've just kind of started working on for one of my clients is um, creating infographics that will link back and then reaching like Say we have an infograph, we have a bunch of statistics about heart, our heart failure treatment that we're putting. We put all this together on one visually a, a, a pleasing um, infographic and then kind of outreach to kind of different blogs that are talking about heart failure treatment, you know, symptoms, prevalence, and kind of reaching out to them and be like, hey, we have this awesome infographic that would look really great on your website. Um, and then they see that they'll put it on their website and then they'll link back to us with that. Or there's other just finding unique ways to get links back to our website. So one, another thing we're doing is offering, telling some of our clients to offer scholarships 
um, to to students as this will give a lot of good backlinks from high authoritative um, educational websites linking back to us because and then those sponsorships really spread when someone sees a sponsorship like hey check this out and they spread it all over the website those really get spread fast so I would say off page kind of gives you that freedom and creativity to think outside of the box it's so interesting it seems like that's I always love seeing when there's a real marriage between left and right brain with uh, yeah. with that then you just really uh, described how really you're able to kind of bring those two uh, elements together. You had, you had mentioned, uh, I, I was wondering if you could say like, when did you know they're like, Hey, I think I, I got the knack for this. I'm actually, I, I think I'm really good at this. Like where it seemed like you could see one or two chess moves ahead uh, when problems were or challenges were occurring, like that you went from feeling maybe like uh, I'm an, I'm a novice to like, no, I got this and there's, it's actually no problem at all. When did you feel like that you were really, you know, had that kind of uh, grasp on it? Yeah, I think that's started to happen when I went into my new company, XDS. I was really put in and kind of thrown in as I was the only person that was working in SEO. So I was kind of put in and kind of going to steer the whole ship per se. Um, so I really had to do a lot of learning on my own, which kind of seemed scary at first, but it really helped me grow very quickly and really understand it from a technical standpoint of knowing what to do, what not to do, best practices and all that. So I'd say learning on my own, you know, finding out how the internet works, whether that's for, through me searching through it or from me learning articles, listening to other podcasts, talking about SEO, um, but just really finding the ins and out of the algorithm where I'm able to actually see my work in real time. I mean like, Hey, I tried this new thing and I, we just shot up 10 spots in the ranking and now we're ranking on the first page for this keyword. So I'd say it was in the start of the first role I had at this company as SEO strategist, where I really started to be like, Oh yeah, this is all starting to make sense now. Cause I was really kind of thrown into it in a, great way that was a little terrifying at first, but really helped me grow as for my career. It's interesting. What you just described really is kind of like two, you know, educational theories. Like one is this uh, guy, uh, his name is Mihai Chicks Mihai, and he has this theory about a flow state of learning where it's like you get so absorbed into this thing that what you're learning, like it, you just become one in a flow state, you know, it's just amazing. And the other thing too that you mentioned is this other uh, idea is um, zone of proximal developments where it's like you you have these little challenges that are, aren't so challenging that you can't overcome them. And here you are, you know, uh, kind of meeting both of those really cool kind of educational uh, philosophies and educational uh, 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 psychology uh, with what you just described there. That is so cool what you just said. Like so, when you were in that kind of learning space, how many hours of a day did you find yourself completely uh, immersed in it, where you were just learning and absorbing, sponging everything? Got eight hours of work in, and then I'd probably say on average, maybe two to three additional hours each night, just kind of learning it. And not that I had to, I was just kind of really starting to find interest of like, I love. I mean, this algorithm is tricky, but I'm I am determined to figure this out. Um, 
And I think talking about kind of like comparing it to my college experience where I was in one ISU versus uh, in the city where I kind of had to put everything together, you know, commuting a long ways from school. I think kind of my personality, of I just got to get thrown into it where I have to do everything on my own. I can't have it where, oh, I could just wake up and go my college is right downstairs. I think I have it where I'm like my personality is like, no, 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 you got to do everything for yourself. That's the best way for learning. Um, so I think kind of getting thrown into that really helped me out. Um, as well as when I started to kind of, you know, dive in fuller, there was things that I wanted to try, but necessarily wasn't getting the clearance from some of these healthcare companies. Um, so that's kind of where I got into starting my own website and blog. So I could kind of try some of these strategies that I've keep talking about learning about, but necessarily didn't have the okay from healthcare clients and maybe didn't want to start a blog or create um, YouTube videos or stuff like this. So I think really I was learning it on my own, putting in work, extra hours of work. I'm like, you know, what would be a great way of actually putting all these things that I'm learning to practice is kind of just doing it on my own. So I think that's kind of where I'd all, it even jumped off even further of kind of, okay, this is my passion and I'm going for it. That's, that's so cool. And then, you know, earlier you were mentioning about how you were using uh, like these like graphics and uh, and how that would be something that would be more meaningful to the clients because it would be a way of maybe holding on to and, and capturing uh, other uh, people using the web page. Just even on that design front alone, is that something that you have a background in terms of creating the type of data sets in a visual way that's very arresting? Or is that something that is you commission someone to make and then they come back to you and you say, you know, I like option A more than I like B uh, with that? How does that whole kind of design work become implemented when you are making these decisions for the web page? Yeah, I wouldn't say I have a deep um, background in design. It was definitely something that I kind of, you know, I've learned over a couple years um, in publishing and Adobe and PowerPoint, but it's definitely something that I learned quickly as I kind of wanted to get these strategies out. Ideally, in a perfect world, I could maybe reach out to someone to help me with this, but right now and at the phase i'm like i'm gonna try and do this on my own so a lot of youtube videos you know youtube has been my best friend youtube and google like all right how do i do this how do i make this look better how do i add this type of feature in it um so really again that kind of self-learning attitude of being like no i'm gonna go out and do it i'm gonna figure it out i have time right now so i'm gonna do it by myself so now you had mentioned that you have this kind of other kind of creative professional space where you have a blog and um, where you are able to kind of test out some ideas. Uh, when did you start that? Uh, I started this earlier this year, I think in February. Took me a couple months to really build out the website, um, get all the pages correct, all the design right. Um, then I think I started writing in about... June, May or June. So really started kind of putting out the content in 
marketing out there and uh, uh, yeah, a couple months after making the website. Do you have like a a, a calendar? They're like, yeah, I'm going to try to publish, you know, once every two weeks or like what's, or it, does it just, do the ideas come and then you just publish as the, the inspiration uh, arrives? Yeah. So when I first started this, um, I was SEO strategist at XDS and my goal was to kind of post every two weeks. Um, then about halfway through the year, I was uh, promoted a senior SEO strategist. And with that became more responsibilities and more hours that I was kind of, you know, putting a little bit more thought to it after work where I was kind of had my whole after work before this was kind of to my website. So it has slowed down a bit to about a post a month. Um, definitely one thing with SEO is you definitely always want to keep updating and putting out content to the website. So search engines could see that the website is still active and they will um, make sure you rank higher on the website. So it is important to kind of keep a good schedule, especially when doing it for SEO. Um, so I try to keep it to what, at least once a month. Um, in a perfect world, I would be doing it, you know, a couple a week. Um, but at this point, yeah, I'm trying to keep my sanity of work. As you say, senior, uh, senior uh, uh, SEO is uh, probably um, uh, keeping you busy uh, for sure. Yeah. Well, but you're, you're right. I didn't even think about that. That's such a double-edged sword, which is like, hey, I got this great idea. I'm mean, going to have a blog. Uh-oh, I, I have to keep on creating content for it or else I'm going to lose the very thing that I'm supposed to be an expert at. Yeah, so it really is uh, challenging to kind of balance all that, but exciting at the same time. What's a typical day of work for you? So how do you, like, do you search out the work or does someone kind of push it towards you and then you kind of... Uh, grind your way through it how uh, what does the workflow look like yeah it's definitely a balance of both i think um you know when we're getting new projects and come clients are coming to us they want to do a website redesign so that's kind of where it gets brought to me of like hey we're making these pages and we need to kind of optimize all these pages for seo so a lot of it does come to me but or they'll come to us like hey we have an idea for this article we want to do this and this um so I would say it's about three quarters come to me and the other quarter when it's not coming to me, it's me coming up with ideas of, you know, I have monthly monitoring tasks where I kind of go in and I'm like, all right, what are we doing now? What can we be doing? Um, what are some new opportunities for us? Kind of looking at competitors, what are they doing that we aren't um, kind of that way? And then I would say another quarter, I know this is five quarters out of four, but sometimes you got to put in 125%. Um, would be kind of optimizing our website. You know, we, with so much client work, it's sometimes forgotten about. They're like, oh no, our company has a website too. We need to make sure that yeah. that's staying optimized, that's staying at the best practices. Um, so co coming up with that, and I know in the last couple months um, since I've, you know, started my own blog, I'm like, no, no, we need to get some blogs on our website. So that's been a project that I've kind of started to take, create, um, take over. I know I, when speaking about blog schedule, I have created a full-on blog schedule. Like, here are the next 10 blogs. Here's when we start the blog structure. Here's when we start the creation. Here's when we start uh, thinking of image ideas. And this is here where we post it, when we send it out to social media, when we kind of start uh, sending it out to other websites to maybe link back to. So I think I have a more structured 
for our my the XDS website blog. So I think that helps. You know, I'm actually I have the time for that. That's specifically so. Yeah, five out of four quarters, I would say. Huh. In, in the creative space that you you I, I, you have so many people that are probably collaborating on this, and you have people who have a creative vision to do this, and maybe some people have a different idea about that. How how do you come to a type of consensus uh, when you have to ultimately make the call that no, we're going to go with this graphic on this part of the page, and this is the data that we're going to show, and this is the way that we're going to express it. Who what's the hierarchy of how that kind of decision ultimately gets made when you have such a convergence of creative and analytics all kind of working together on the same spot? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, Thankfully, my team at XCS, we are all experts and we trust each other with the judgments of their own expertise. So I'd be, so like you said, there's a lot of collaboration. You know, I kind of do the SEO um, recommendations where I'm like, this is what we should be talking about. This paragraph here, this keyword here, um, talk about this and this, we want to link, um, to this page in this section. And then we have people that are very good. If it's, we're talking about, depending on what we're kind of writing about, we'll have different writers for it. If we're talking about social media in a blog post, um, you know, I'll kind of create the structure and then our social media manager will kind of really give it the tone to it. Um, as well as we, you know, work with the dev team, um, the design team, you know, I really, it's really about trust. I'm like, I know that my design team is going to come back to me with a great image that I'll be able to use as long as we give them specific directions of kind of what we want, um, and kind of how we want it to lay out. I know that they're going to come back to me with something great. And I know the development team is going to development in the best way possible. I trust them and their best practices as well as. I trust the people writing and know what they're talking about. Um, so I'd say it's kind of trust is a big thing of like, no, no, you guys are the experts. I'm the expert in this. They depend on me for the recommendations. And then usually at the end of it, they'll kind of toss it back to me. They're like, all right, is this in perfect form for a blog post so we can specifically rank uh, on Google for the keywords that we're trying to? Um, so a lot of it will be kind of a QA, like this looks great. Need to change this a little bit, need to change this. Um, and just kind of a flow of collaboration between us all really kind of gives us a tone as a company and really helps us find our voice. This is going to be a, a very English teacher question. So apologies, but what metaphor do you think that you would use to describe what it is that you do with your job. What do you think is like the best metaphor that kind of captures the essence of how you see your work? Cause you're, you're, you're making something by which it's, you're inviting people in, uh, in such a way. Uh, I was wondering how you see that interplay and that dynamic through metaphor. Yeah, that's a good question. I have a couple things floating through my mind. Um, kind of, an advertiser you know we have this great thing we have a great website here but you know no one's going to find it if it's not set up in the right way we need to make sure there's billboards out in the cities we need to make sure that it's on the spotify playlist that people can see it we need to make sure that it's getting into people's eyes so it's really kind of about you know advertisers putting it out in a way 
um, where people can find it, making sure the website's healthy enough where people are going to be able to find it, stay on the page, give good signals to search engines. So there's, I mean, like I said, there's kind of three aspects around it. So a lot of the off page is kind of more of an advertiser, like someone going door to door and being like, hey, here's this website. You probably don't know about it because you can't find it. Um, making sure people can find it is the number one job, I would say. Well, I guess like the other thing that is kind of like the uh, elephant in the room in, in such a way is, you know, we're a, a, just over a year out since we've seen how the implementation of large language models and AI, chat GPT, uh, BARD not with, um, with Google and and all of these new AI tools that are out there, is that something that is an opportunity or is that something that is like, whoa, wait a second, uh, we should be concerned about this? How does your how initially has your industry kind of seen the implementation of artificial intelligence in what you do? Yeah. So I think initially it came out and people were like, oh no, this is going to get rid of Google. Like this is the new Google. People are just going to use AI or ChatGPT to find all their stuff. Um, but what people didn't really kind of think of is a lot of the a lot of the technology is used from Google search results from the internet. So it's kind of merging into the same thing. I know personally I use AI every day, whether that's chat GPT to kind of think of new ideas, uh, to kind of put my thoughts into more of a better format to send to clients. Um, to kind of help create content, help structure things. Um, you know, I really look at AI like a calculator. Um, when people, when calculators first came out, they're like, oh no, this is, this is going to destroy everything. No one's going to have jobs anymore. It's all going to be to the calculators. It's like, well, no, people are going to have jobs. They're just going to have to have, they're just going to have to know how to use the calculators to do them better. And they'll be able to do more stuff, use their time elsewhere. So kind of creating different avenues. Um, it's definitely going to change everything. Um, but knowing how to use it is probably super important, especially in my industry of like, okay, now we can automate all these tasks, which gives us more time to maybe look at more off-page um, opportunities, maybe to find more um, websites to kind of link back to us. So it definitely is a huge change that definitely scared a lot of people in my industry when it came out. But it can't be ignored. You know, if you don't, if you're not caught up with it, you, you're going to fall behind. So it is really something to stay up to date on and kind of know the best practices around it, specifically in SEO. You know, I, I, I want to kind of come back to that idea of like the, the left brain and, and the right brain uh, in this is that, would you, would you say that you approach a project first as kind of like a, a data or an engineer first, or does the artist engage it first, that kind of creative side? I mean, obviously maybe there are different scenarios that maybe dictate that, but I was wondering if there was one that you find yourself is the default position of you know the artistic creative side first, or do you allow the data to drive the decision that leads to them the creative uh, uh, outcome? Yeah, I would say usually it's the art of and creative side first. Um, you know, a lot of my job is finding data and I'm able to find data pretty easily. So I like to kind of, 
this might not be the best for every specific scenario, but kind of get the get the story first. You know, whether I'm doing an analytics report, presenting it to a company, I'm like, what do I want to say? And then I'll find the data to back that up later. Um, Because there's a lot of ways to use data. And if you know how to use it, you can usually use it to your advantage of if we have bad news, maybe data is down this month. It's like, okay, how can we, what's the story behind this? And then we can kind of have the data tell that story. So I would say for the most part, um, it's kind of creating that, what do we want to do? Kind of, what do we want to say? What's our story here? And then finding the data that backs that up. Um, I'd say one of the ways that I would do that backwards is sometimes when I'm actually creating blogs for my website, for that, I kind of, the initial phase is usually, all right, what what is, what's the data out there? What are people searching for that I can give them? You know, I'm looking at how many people are searching for SEO strategies right now um, that are looking for something but not finding it. So I'll see where the kind of market is. Like we have a lot of people searching for this. So let's put something out there for that target audience and then kind of create the story from there. Um, So I would say in my blog creation, I usually do data first. But more in the day-to-day, I usually go creativity and creativity first. Alex, where do you where do you see yourself in maybe five to ten years? Um, yeah, I'm really hoping to kind of find more of a leadership and manager role. Um, you know, kind of leading the charge of, you know, helping y- younger or maybe not even younger, just newer SEO professionals kind of find their way, teaching them kind of how to, how to use the tools that we have, how to perform the best keyword research, really teaching them. You know, I initially, when I did go to school my freshman year, I did want to be a teacher. Um, So I think that kind of side of me kind of always stands out of kind of, you know, leading a team, um, whether that's teaching them new things or organizing them in the best way to get them structured and to have them perform at the best of their abilities really excites me. So kind of kind of getting that more managerial aspect. A similar question, not so much of where you're gonna be in five to ten years, but like, do you have a prediction for your industry uh, of like where where like you have an intuition or a hunch of like what's gonna what's gonna happen next? Yes. Um, I would say and give it some time as these AI models get smarter. Um, and kind of learn how to go through data quicker, go through websites quicker. I think it will kind of become more of not so much trying to rank on Google or Bing, but making sure that when questions are asked about a specific industry on AI, that your company or your product will be be kind of represented in AI. So instead of you know optimizing for search engines, we'll be kind of optimizing more for these chat GPT type models. Interesting. Wow. So a complete shift. Alex, you've been so generous with your time this afternoon. Uh, this has been so interesting. I just love the merger of, again, the analytic and the creative part of your career. It just sounds so, I get it while you, why you love it so much. It just seems like so satisfying on every intellectual and creative capacity that you have. It's just so neat. I was wondering if you could leave us today with tips for success for current Wildcats. 
tips for success. I'd say go out there and start doing, start creating. Um, you know, really, I found my my passion once I just started doing it. I'm like, all right, I'm doing this, but let me do it on my own. Let me create my own website. Let me create my own blog. You really can drive your passion, whether that's music, whether that's business, whether that's sales. I would say just go out there and do it and put all your put all your effort into it when you're doing it. So great. Well, Alex, thank you so much and best of luck. And uh, uh, this has been a, just uh, so informative and um, have a great holiday and best of luck. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening. Do us a favor and spread the word about We Go Places by sharing our interviews with other Wildcats. If you want to search past episodes or stay current, subscribe on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or anywhere where you can get your podcasts. Just search We Go Places. You can follow We Go Places on our Facebook page as well, and also Twitter at We Go Places Podcast. And if you know a former Wildcat who would be a great guest, send me a direct message on Facebook, Twitter, or by school email at, at bturnbow at d94.org. B-T-U-R-N-B-A-U-G-H at d94.org. 